police in the morning. Reuniting the director and stars of the original Death Wish, this powerful sequel continues the story of Paul Kersey, the New York architect who became a one-man vigilante squad after Muggers killed his wife and terrorized his daughter, Carol. Now living in Los Angeles and dating radio news reporter Jerry Nichols, he is trying to nurse Carol back to health when she is raped and driven to suicide by another gang, who also killed his housekeeper. Letting nothing stand in his way, Kersey relentlessly hunts down the gang, and in turn is hunted by Inspector Frank Ochoa, the dis dedicated but sympathetic New York City detective who pursued him in the original film. This action-packed thriller features Lawrence Fishburne III in an early role as Cutter, one of the muggers. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie movie Bros. Your review B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. So... It's the final week of Namesake Month, and we've got to do another Paul movie, and we're doing Death Wish 2, because the main character is Paul Kersey, played by none other than the legendary Charles Bronson. A man truly worthy of the title, Paul. So you heard what the back of the VHS had to say about the movie. Let's dive right into the shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. Paul, I'll let you get us started with the Paul movie. All right, let's start with the top first. Awesome. All right, so a lot of, there are a lot of scenes in this movie of Charles Bronson or Paul just kind of walking through all the bad parts of the city, and he's just wearing his regular clothes except with, like, a homeless beanie, and it's just <laughs> hilarious. I love it. He just, he just fucking stares everybody down. He just, like, he does his squinty eye thing, and people look at him, and they're like, I ain't fucking with that guy. There's all this weird shit going on, like, people just, like, may, I, th I think at one point, like, one woman was having, like, a seizure, I'm like, is that supposed to be is, happening? Is, or is someone just... having a seizure, or, like, a pimp choking a hooker, and, and Charles Bronson's just, like, he gives him, gives him the eye, and then just walks by. Suddenly it stops your seizure after that. Number two. There was certainly a lot of gunfire in this movie, which was definitely entertaining. Charles Bronson and... Or Paul was one hell of a shot, and most of the people who he killed were pieces of shit who totally deserved it, so good for him. Number one, Charles Bronson definitely plays one badass vigilante. He's always so calm and diligent, and he's got that stare that just, like, tells people he's not messing around. It pierces into your soul. <laughs> Stops you from seizing. <laughs> You, have, you just have to have respect for a man who's just that dedicated to his craft. For me, number three. The cop from New York seems like he should be a bumbling idiot, but actually turned out to be a really good at his job and an extremely likable character. Like, he's pretty awesome, and I never would have thought that from the introduction of him or how he looks or his, like, constant cigar puffing. Like, I, just, I, I felt like he would be, uh... Like, no respect. No respect at all. But no, he was like, damn, I'm gonna earn this respect, and he does. Kinda wish he was played by Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> now. Number two. The action in this movie isn't over the top, but that's what makes it so fantastic. It's fitting, and it's honestly some of the more, most realistic action sequences that I think I've seen in a film before. Yeah, no. he doesn't have to make all his kills fancy. He just goes bang. Yeah. 
And there's not just, like, explosions of blood and gore and, like, body parts flying off or anything when they get shot or, like, when people get shot in the head, their heads don't explode. It's just, like, you know, a little, little red dot appears on the head and, like, with a little bit of blood behind. Like, that's it. Like, that's... Uh, something you don't see very often is realistic kills in movies. Nice and simple. And number one, Paul Kersey just takes everything in stride. Sure, another person in his family got raped. Again. Eh, just means it's time for me to go on another killing spree. Well, back to Calm, work. collected, methodical, and still doing his day job. I mean, there is, there is no greater aspiration than to be Paul Kersey, you know, aside from my family getting raped every year. I bet he never even calls in sick to work. Like, he can have, like, the plague, and he just, you know, it's okay. I, 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 can, st I can still do it. I, I can still design this building for you. We're good. Minor set. And then go out murdering muggers and rapists at night. He is, he is the true, he is the one true Batman. Alright, so we're the bottom three. Number three. So the setup for the main story was more than a little bit contrived. A group of thugs steal Paul's ice cream money. He chases them down and manages to beat up one of them who wasn't even carrying the money. So the thugs decide that they're just going to break into his house, rape and murder the housekeeper, and kidnap his daughter and rape her right before she kills herself by jumping out a window and onto a spiked fence. I don't know, it seemed like a lot of overkill for, you know, some from for him beating up one guy, and they still got the money, so, like... Fuck, they complained about Paul, if only you didn't need your ice cream. Number two. Most of the cops in this movie were dicks. With the exception of the one from New York, they a lot of them just kind of harassed the crime victims and attempt to get them to identify the vigilante, who was basically doing the job that they should have been doing in the first place. Charles Bronson was basically a one-man police force. And number one. There were so many opportunities for one-liners throughout this film that were unfortunately missed. There's one point where where Paul is about to shoot some guy who stole his ice cream money earlier, and he just says goodbye right before shooting him in the head. I mean, come on, dude. Like, I don't know. There, there should have been something. Like, you know. <laughs> no returns. How's this for a topic? One scoop or two. <laughs> but no. <laughs> Death flavor. Actually, that would have been pretty awesome. One scoop or two, and the guy says two, so he shoots him twice. Like. <laughs> it's like the whole one lump or two thing, but only with guns. So for me, number three. There seems to be way too much time in between the big shootout scene and the final rapist being killed. I mean, there's a point in the movie where he's just you know, murdering the rapists off, like, really quickly. And then there's, like, a 20-minute lull between the the fourth rapist and the final rapist. And it just, I don't know, it just, the it slowed down, and I didn't, I didn't like it. I think they realized after a while, oh, shit, we've ran out of, like, rapists to murder, so they had to drag it out. Number two. All the nudity in this movie is associated with rape scenes. And, you know... As much as I like nudity in my movies, I'm not so big on the rape. So, you know, very displeasing nude scenes. Number one, Paul 
Kirsty's family is, like, fucking cursed. I mean, they're always being raped and murdered. I mean, what the fuck, guys? Couldn't something else happen to send him into vigilanteism? Give the guy a break. His wife was raped and murdered. His daughter was raped in New York already. Like, he moved across the country. Can't he, like, you know, have to fight against, like, some kind of, like, smog monster that, like, gave his daughter, like, a smelly vagina? Like, like what, why? He moves what? to Tokyo and fights what? Godzilla. <laughs> what is, you know, that that would have been more appropriate. Like, Godzilla stepped on his housekeeper, like... See but, Charles Bronson riding Mothra <laughs> through Tokyo. You know, his car got a flat tire because somebody left nails on the road. Like, like give the guy a break. Can we have a little less tragedy <laughs> when in it Paul Kersey's life? When it rains, it pours for Paul. Poor Paul. We didn't really talk about the dialogue of this movie, but let's give it a good old-fashioned quote war. Quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth. You tell us who had the better quotes. You go ahead and start today, Paul, since it's a Paul movie. Indeed. A man has to have his vices. Where's my wallet? That was a $9 kiss. Did you believe in Jesus? You disturb the neighbors and I'll cut you and eat you for dinner. No music, no TV after 11. Get the motherfucker for me. If you hear shooting, don't worry. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this film or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. I think it's time to give our final take on this film. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale. 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 1 out of 10. I gave it a 3 out of 10. Death Wish 2 is a film that answers the question of, if my daughter was raped once and I murdered all of the rapists, what will happen if she's raped again? Spoiler. That question we all ask ourselves. I kill all the rapists. That's because I'm Paul Kersey, and this is just everyday life for me. This is a slow burn film where everything just works. It's a rare rape revenge film where the revenging isn't done by the person who was raped. Go check out the original Death Wish, or this sequel. You know, I'm, I'm just as excited to see the remake that came out a while ago starring Bruce Willis. I mean, Paul Kersey murdering rapists. What could be better? Death Wish 2 is part of the Death Wish uh, series before it went stale and the gimmicks started getting old. Kind of like the first few Rocky movies before they started getting ridiculous with things like talking robots and Russians and stuff like that. After the rape and murder of, of his family, Charles Bronson seeks revenge against the thugs involved by murdering them. It's basically a rehash of the first film, but packs enough action and violence to keep me entertained. It was definitely a bit slow at times, but Charles Bronson as Paul Kersey could read the phone book and it'd still be pretty cool. If the Punisher is, bu is budget Batman, then Paul Kersey is the clearance section of the vigilante aisle. Not the highest quality out there, but gets the job done, and looks cool doing it. The 80s may have brought us stuff like hair metal, shoulder pads, crack cocaine, and AIDS, but it also gave us some pretty bad action heroes, so I guess things even out. There you have it. But you know, if you need to know how to drink away the slick, drink away the slick, Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away this flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll give you some drinking games for this movie, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time a radio is playing, take a drink. Number two, every time Paul is talking about buildings, take a drink. Number three, whenever someone gets shot, 
take a drink. Number four, anytime someone's wearing sunglasses at night, take a drink. And number five, of course, because it's namesake month, whenever someone says Paul, Corey, or your name, take a drink. Every time you see a wig or a hat, take a drink. Every time the police complain about Paul's vigilanteism, take a drink. Every time Paul doesn't answer his phone, take a drink. And every time a thug is fleeing the scene of a crime, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the slick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you can leave us a comment on either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros, follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros, or my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all our other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website bmoviebros.com, where you have new series each week. If you want to help, help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links provided below. We've come to the end of Namesake Month, finally. We've watched two movies with Corey's and two movies with Paul's. Let's rank them and see how they did. For me, in the number four spot, Little Corey Gory. It was fun. It was entertaining. It was shitty. But, you know, it was just kind of like your fun, shitty movie. Nothing out of the ordinary. Nothing truly original. Poor little Cory Gory always gets shafted. And the fact that, like, Gory was his actual name. It wasn't like some nickname that people gave him. He was actually Cory Gory. (laughs) Number three, Demon Wind. Special effects, gay magicians fighting demons. You know, just... It was... One more, can you ask for? It was amazing 80s meets 90s. Crazy. Kids go to a cabin and get killed, and more kids get show up to get killed, and just, it, it, it never ends, and it's, it's fun, it's enjoyable. Number two, though, a Paul movie, Murder Party. It's fun, it's original, and it's thought-provoking in some ways. Number one, though, the other Paul movie, Death Wish 2. I mean, I didn't have to think, I didn't have to decipher things, I just got to sit and enjoy Charles Bronson leering at people and murdering muggers and rapists. I mean, I just, I don't know if it can get any better than that at times. Sometimes it's all you need in life. All right, number four, I put little Corey Gory. I switched it from last time. Sorry, Corey, you got demoted. It was, I enjoyed it. It was a fun movie, but it was kind of depressing and extremely cynical at times, which is both good and bad. But before, like, number three is Demon Wind. It was a bad film. I'm not sure if they knew it was bad, but it was so bad that it was, you just couldn't help but enjoy it. Number two, Death Wish. I mean, Charles Bronson murdering rapists and shit like that. It was, it was pretty great. You can't argue that. Very 80s. And number one, murder party. It was a creative film. I found myself enjoying it the entire time, and you know, art students attempting a murder, they were definitely less successful than than Charles Bronson, but you know, they kept me laughing laughing while they tried. So, there you have it. I mean, it's the it's the end of namesake month. I mean, my, my creativity is just about tapped out, Paul. I don't know what to do next month. Do you have any ideas? Funny you should mention it, because I actually do have an idea. So in honor of of everyone storming Area 51, I say we Naruto run our way into Anime Month. And we should begin with the 
classic anime film from the mind of Hideki Anno, The End of Evangelion. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. I'm <laughs> sorry.